everybody, welcome to The Move. This week we are discussing Kihan Otterbrooks's uh, transfer to Yumbo or Visma Rent-A-Bike from Bora Hansgrove. Disputed transfer, we're not quite sure what's going on there. Who's he racing for in 2024? Nobody knows, but he's one of the biggest GC talents in the recent history of the sport. We'll get Johan's take on that as well as some other major news from the trades and transfers market. Who won, who lost this offseason? Let's hear from our sponsors first. I hope you're enjoying this edition of The Move with Johan and Spencer. I just want to jump in here for a second and tell you about our good partners at Zwift. It's that time of year. I know some of you who live in colder climates, you've already been getting on your your Zwift training. If you don't already have a trainer uh, where you can log on to the Zwift app and have some fun, you can purchase one, the Zwift Smart Trainer, the Zwift Hub, is now a better value than ever at $5.99. Not only do you get a smart trainer with pre-installed cassette of your choice, a no-fuss setup, and you get one year of the Zwift app included in that. When you enter this code, jot this down, all right? Stay, keep riding all through the winter, all right? Stick with this. Uh, the code is ZWIFTHUB, Z-W-I-F-T-H-U-B, ZWIFTHUB at checkout. There's more to do on Zwift than ever before, including the return of We Do Wednesday and Suffer Sunday. Head to Zwift.com, grab your Zwift Hub, and don't forget that code Zwift Hub for free shipping. Today's show is also brought to you by OneSkin. I am using everything in their lineup now, and it's helped. I know I'm not the uh, the prettiest the prettiest canvas out there for the promoting their product, but I can tell you it has improved. Even this face. Uh, my wife will even tell you so. She started using OneSkin after I started using it. How often does that happen in a, in a, in a marriage where uh, the wife starts using a product for their skin because her husband had it and she liked it? That has happened. And what's cool about it is... Um, the uh, the PhDs that formulated this tested over a thousand different peptides and found one that can literally reverse the aging of your skin. Uh, it's really, really a, a great product. And I'm, I just wish I'd started using it er- earlier. So as much as you cyclists too, runners, all of our uh, outdoor type listeners um, are out in the sun with your skin, you should take better care of it. I'm doing it now. Again, I wish I'd started earlier for a limited time. You can get 15% off one skin with our code, the move. And it's at oneskin.co, not .com.co. Again, use the code the move at oneskin.co. All right, let's get into it. Johan, what is going on with this Uta Brooks transfer? This is one of the strangest things I've seen in cycling in recent years where I think there were rumblings that he was going to a team that wasn't Bora. It seemed like at the Vuelta, he wasn't happy with the relationship with Alexander Vlasov. I guess there was a bike issue, an equipment issue at Chrono Nations time trial, whatever that. I'm not even really familiar with that event that much. It seems like kind of a weird end of year time trial event, but people take it seriously. He wasn't happy. And then I thought he's going to maybe move teams next year. No, he this weekend it's announced he's actually going to Visma. Major coup by Richard Pluga. I mean, to think that they traded a 34-year-old Primus Roglic, essentially a trade for a 20-year-old GC superstar, not bad, probably for a fraction of the cost. But then it comes out, Boris says, no, we have no knowledge of this move. This doesn't happen. This hasn't happened. He's still under contract with us Mm -hmm. through next year. And then now they're allegedly asking for a million euros to release him. 
What is going on here, Johan? Where is yeah, he racing well, next year? We already touched on it on, in our first uh, transfer show um, when I think I said, you know, it's, I was surprised to see the the lack of determination in uh, Rolf Denk's comments about Jan yeah. Uitebroeks. You know, he said, yeah, well, you know, he has a contract, but for the moment, we don't know what's going to happen. So obviously, he must already have known that there was something going on. Um, to me, it's clear that, first of all, uh, Brooks has developed probably a bit faster than he thought. Uh, combine that with, as you said, his unhappiness during the Vuelta uh, and the difficult collaboration with Vlasov. Um, I think the complaints about the time trial bikes were just a continuation of his fr- frustration, you know, uh, and probably also fit into his intentions already to leave the team. Because if you have a young rider on a team uh, uh, like Bora, uh, who starts to complain, he, he already knows that that it, it's, that's not going to get fixed. It, he's he's going to get out. Yeah. Um, so I think here we have a situation where uh, it's a very uh, talented rider who uh, sees, first of all, difficulties within the team of this year that now on top of that, that Roglic comes, that's going to be the focus of the team. And so he goes down one step in the pecking order again. Um, but, uh, you know, the situation is as follows. It was surprising to see, uh, you know, literally 88 minutes after Jimbo Visma announced or Visma Lisa Bike announced that new signing, you know, out of the blue, basically, uh, out of the blue, new signing for the next four years, Kian Uitebroeks is with us. Um, so a lot of things have happened behind the scenes. Uh, first of all, Uitebroeks has, or his agent, has sent a letter of resignation to his current employer, Borda Hansgrohe, saying, okay, I consider my uh, contract as terminated. Uh, and you can do that based on several things. Uh, but the, the most important uh, and most common reason is that there is a, a, a severe fault severe fault from the other part. So we don't know uh, if that's the case. Um, what we, we do know is that I mean, he has a contract with uh, Bora Hansgrohe for 2024. Bora Hansgrohe made that very clear. Uh, and uh, we also know that in cycling, in professional cycling, in order for a transfer of a rider with an existing contract to be possible, there needs to be an agreement between the three parties. The old team, the new team, and the UCI. Uh, but those are sporting rules. Now, if you go to civil law, and let's not forget, little detail, both of Kian Uitebroek's parents are lawyers. You know, so not, he's, he's, he has a good support there. So obviously, when he started this whole process, he knows very well what's going to happen. Um, I think at this point, what's really going to happen is, uh, you know, no matter what Bora Hansgrohe or Rolf Denk says or wants, in my opinion, Kian Uitebroeks is going to ride for Jumbo Visma next year. There's no doubt about that because also who wants to have a rider who, in my opinion, is getting more and more expensive, unhappy on a team. You know, uh, it's 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 probably it's obviously going to be contagious for the atmosphere, and and nobody's gonna nobody's gonna win with this. But um, 
I read an article today uh, about this by uh, Belgian journalist Jonas Kreter in, in Knack magazine, uh, who explains it very, very well. You know, he spoke with uh, different specialists, uh, both on, on sports law and uh, normal law. And uh, it's very clear, Kian Uiterbrooks is a Belgian citizen, lives in Belgium. And uh, what uh, primes here is Belgian civil law. You know, any employee can terminate a contract with his employer under certain circumstances. In the worst case here, in the in the case of Kian Uiterbrooks, you have to pay the remainder of the contract. In this case, it would be 13 months of salary because Uiterbrooks communicated that he considers his uh, contract finished the 1st of, uh, 1st of December. So... 13 months of salary is probably not on a huge contract. Um, some say 150, some say 200,000. So let's say, you know, for 200,000 uh, euros, uh, he could be free. Do now, you really think he's only uh, on that amount of money? Well, you know, he signed a three-year contract as a new professional. Yes, he was a talent, but, you know, yeah, big talents don't sign huge yeah, contracts. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, th I think that that was all obviously also one of the things that, that came into the game, you know, he, he has developed, you know, he was, he was top 10 in the ground tour this year in his uh, 20 years old. Um, so obviously he, he wants more money next year. Now is Bora Hansgrohe able to fulfill his wishes with all the money they have spent on Roglic? Probably not. So they probably increase his salary, but not to his value on the market. Um, so I think this is going to become, uh, there's going to be uh, pulling the, the rope, you know, left and, and right. Uh, Bora is now in a position where they're going to say, okay, you know, he has a contract, he can't leave. Uh, Brooks and his agents uh, will have to take it to court. Um, and then finally, I think there will be a, some kind of settlement with, with, Richard Plugger coming in and basically also trying to, you know, fix the situation. This is very, very similar to what happened with Walt Von Aert. It's almost exactly the same. Uh, when when Von Aert went to Jumbo Visma and he had a contract with um, was it Kralan or something? Or, or... Yeah, it was like Williams, Kralan. Yeah, yeah. Something so like that. His, yeah. his cyclocross team, basically. Uh, in first instance, um, Walt Von Aert uh, won that case. And then in second sentence, he lost and had to pay 600,000 euros to, to lead, to break his contract. Uh, and, and, and it's still, it's still appealed now. So, um, in the meantime, of course he's racing and, but it's going to come down to the money. Uh, it's clear that Uyte Brooks is not going to race for Bora Hansgrohe next year. Uh, he's going to race for, uh, Visma Lisa bike. Uh, and it depends when. This is, I think, this is the biggest problem for a young rider. He will need to be prepared that this is that this can become a legal battle, and that he could potentially miss the beginning of the season because of uh, legal a legal battle. And 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 if they don't find an agreement, that this could go this could go on for a while. And it's worth noting that I think the team Wout's old team asked for something like one point seven million euros. It got worked down to, I think it was like 662,000 euros in court. 
you could imagine the same thing happening here, but they have to feel feel pretty confident. Like we can tie this up in court and maybe he never even has to pay that penalty because the team won't exist by the time if I like what happens if when Wout finally pays that, does he just cut a personal check to Nick Noyans, the owner of the team that no longer I think exists? so. Yeah. 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 It's going to be to the manager. Yeah. The owner of the team, uh, whether the team still exists or not, that doesn't really matter. Um, in this case here, um, I think it's um, it's better for Arthur Brooks. His salary is probably not that big, um, but um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I think one thing one thing that people need to need to understand is that you know the UCI will say there's no way uh, if Bora doesn't agree, this rider is not allowed to change teams. Yeah, uh, then the normal law is going to come into game and will show that the UCI rules mean nothing. Yeah. So this is, this is, this is the UCI trying to control whatever and whoever is under their umbrella. Uh, and there will be threats and there will be pressure. Uh, and most likely if there's not an agreement, uh, Jumbo Visma will probably have to pay a fine if Bora and their legal team can prove that there has been contact and negotiations before the 1st of December, which obviously has happened because there's no way Eutebrooks would send a letter to his current employer saying, I consider my contract terminated if he doesn't have an alternative and everything's signed already. So this has been going on for a while, right? So uh, in that case, I think uh, right now what Bora will do uh, if they're if they're smart and they are smart, they will they will fight uh, till the end, uh, not to keep the rider, but to get the maximum of money. So they could get a decent amount uh, from Eutebrooks, and they could they will probably get also a decent amount uh, from uh, Richard Plugger. To, to basically stop the legal proceedings and, and and make it a smoother transition. It's not the worst outcome because it's been clear for a while. It's just not going to work with Otterbrooks. Otterbrooks and Bora, he, he just wants to be gone. It's unclear to me why he thinks, so if he had a problem with Vlazov, how is that going to work with Sepkus and Jonas? Like those guys are pretty good. Jonas Vindigo, Sepkus, Wout Van Aert. I don't think he's going to be like the shining star at any grand tour on... Well, Visma. No, not yet. No, but he could be in the Giro. But that's it. But okay. But let's say he goes to Giro as the GC leader, which could happen. How's he going to feel when Wout Van Aert is like, actually, I came to the Giro just to do whatever the F I want. And I maybe I want to go for GC. Maybe I want to win 20 out of 21 stages. <laughs> no. Like, don't you think that's, I, I feel like that could get annoying if you're there and like, I'm trying to develop as a GC rider. Yeah, but well, maybe I'm, he's just I'm, getting paid I'm, more, and it doesn't matter. I'm also, honestly also surprised that he picks Jumbo Visma. I would have, I would have thought that for him personally, Ineos was a better choice in terms of opportunities. But you know, it's a big team, it's a big calendar. Um, the guy believes in himself, uh, and he obviously, you know, uh, Jumbo Visma. What, what was what was Jumbo Visma team plugger is. Today, the reference, the benchmark for everybody, uh, it's it's the team that everybody wants to go to because they are at the forefront of all the science, scientific advances and, and all the knowledge. So uh, 
from that aspect, uh, I can see why Outerbrooks choose makes that choice because he is very known to be very on top of every single detail already from a very young age. So this is this is a dream come true for him to be on that team. And then my next question is, you're right. Like there are the, in theory levers the UCI can pull. Like let's say there's 19 teams going for 18 World Tour slots, and they say, well, you actually violated our transfer code because then if you read the uci rule book they have to if you injure contract early even if you buy it out even if the team lets you go the uci has to approve it if they say like well visma this is the third time you've done this you were dinging you you're not getting a world tour license we know in reality that's not going to happen but <laughs> it's not going to happen <laughs> what's going to happen will teams because let's let's pretend we run a pro team the the move pro cycling team so, okay, we can sign Chris Froome to a five-year, five million per year contract. If he's not good, we're stuck with it and we're upset like Sylvan Adams is. If he's good, he's just going to leave. So why sign these? Why, why continue to sign these long-term deals? Are we just going to see teams go to one-year deals? Because I actually don't see the advantage of signing a deal because it feels like the rider can just leave whenever they want. And it, all the risk then is incumbent upon the team. Well, it's not, it's not leaving whatever you want. I mean, let's, uh, you know, you can like in, in the case, let's say Froome has an amazing uh, season and, and, you know, he's, if he wants to leave, he would still need to pay the remainder of his contract. You know, it's uh, for lower salary riders who all of a sudden yeah, develop, yeah. it's easier, but for big riders, it's not that easy to to leave because there's a, there's a lot of money. Like Tade was being courted by Ineos allegedly two years ago. There's no way he's the buyout no way was he crazy. Can he, he can't leave. Yeah. He can't leave. Okay. I mean, how do you see, and here's a question for you. How does this change? Does this change the Roglic leaving? Let, let, let's assume, as you say, that Uta Brooks is racing for Visma next year, or at least not on Bora. How do you like, do you think this is a good trade for them? They get rid of a, a really expensive, super expensive 34-year-old rider. Like you said, they would have been paying him 4 million, million euros a year. He's making 6 million euros at Bora. I have to imagine Uta Brooks is making a fraction of that. Like, what do you think? One, two million at most? And At, uh, at, 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 Jum at new, Visma. Yeah, in his new contract. Yeah, probably, yeah. Yeah, like a million. Something. Do you think this is a good trade? for Visma, did they make the right move I think here? so. I, I think, think so it's great. Too. I think it's great. You know, I mean, not that they absolutely need him. You know, they let's not forget, they do have a lot of, uh, I mean, a few young talents coming up from their development team that, in my opinion, are going to be big champions. But Arthur Brooks is the prototype cyclist who will fit into that team and that structure. I have no doubt about that. Do you, is there a concern? I mean, this is, I know what you're going to say, but is it so like Roglic already really good, like wins almost every race he enters. Udobrook's projected to be very good, finished eighth at the Vuelta. Is there any concern that, I, I'm trying to say this fairly, but it's like, you should just be better than Alexander Vlasov. If you're really like the next great superstar, like that shouldn't even be a conversation. Like, but at twenty about years this old, guy, just I don't be know. better than him. I don't yeah. know. At twenty years old, uh, if that's you know, not everybody is saving a pool or Pogacar or you know, it's it's yeah, you know, 
when we when we see Vingegaard just turned 27 and he just you know got to his top uh, you know in the last two three years so I think there's still a lot to learn and a lot to improve for uh, for Arterbrook. So um, I think the guy knows what he wants, um, makes the right steps. Obviously, it's not you know it's not ideal having to uh, break a contract, but uh, you know if 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 the rider's unhappy and and the team cannot fulfill his wishes to a certain extent. Then it's a difficult combination to to keep going on together. Yeah, and improvements the key word there. I mean, think of like Mika Landa at one point was probably the biggest prospect of his age. He was much better than Sepp Kuz. Flash forward five years, Sepp Kuz mm-hmm. is winning the Vuelta far ahead of him. So, like the key for Uderbrooks is he just has to keep improving. Maybe he figures Visma is the best place to do that. Again, I hope you're enjoying the move. I just want to jump in here and tell you about something. I know. You've heard us talking about Element uh, for a couple of years now, at least. But I don't know if we've talked much about their product that I love so much when we get into the winter. Because you want to get up and drink something warm and hydrate, right? And I, I don't know how they made this taste like dessert without putting sugar in it. For those of you watching on YouTube, I'm holding this up. This is the uh, Element um, Chocolate Medley Pack. All right. So now pre-ride, you can hydrate and drink something warm or take a break and drink something warm along the way. But they have chocolate salt, mint chocolate and chocolate caramel. Of course, it has the sodium, potassium and magnesium that we've always been bragging about. But somehow they managed to take get it to taste like dessert without putting any sugar in it. So definitely check that out. It's my choice during the colder months for sure. And you can get a free gift with purchase, which is a sample pack. Uh, just all you need to do is go to drink L M N T. All right. It's element, but it's drink L M N T.com slash the move. Today's show is also brought to you by athletic greens or better known simply and identifiable now in seconds is just a G one. It should be part of your daily routine. It feels like just a few years ago, we were just for learning about uh, AG1 for the first time. Now I see it everywhere, especially on, you know, a lot of other athletes that are endorsing it. When I'm watching sports, their ad pops up on TV. There's a billboard uh, just around the corner from my house that had AG1 up on it for some time. The word is out and the product is great and it should be part of your daily routine. What a great way to get all the nutrients into your system that you need because you're probably not eating enough fruits and veggies, especially the veggies, uh, as part of your normal routine. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3, K2, and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to drinkag1.com slash the move. That's drinkag1.com slash the move. Check it out. One last thing I need to tell you about on the show, and you'll thank me later if you pick up the product and use it, and that's eight sleep. It really is incredible. Uh, it's just a pod cover that goes over your existing mattress, whatever size you have, and then it goes through a machine that you could just tuck behind the bed. You won't even know it's there, and that cools and warms the mattress cover, and you can set it to the exact temperature you want on each side of the bed. So my wife can have a certain temperature temperature. 
she wants, I like it at about 65 degrees, but I also put it in autopilot. So it adjusts, it adjusts to my sleep by monitoring me. The information it gives you when I say monitoring me is like your activity, when you wake up, when you're in deep sleep, when you're in REM sleep, all the same information that you might be getting from a wearable of some sort, the bed does it all too. And a really unique way to wake yourself up with the eight sleep pod cover is you can do one of two things. You can just have it slowly raise the temperature up until you wake up, or it does a small light vibration that can wake you up. Really, really cool technology. And the sleeping at a lower temperature will definitely improve your sleep. Uh, I read that 65 degrees is optimal, and that's I set as my baseline, and it's been incredible. Go to 8sleep.com slash the move and save $150 on the pod cover. Stay cool with eight sleep now shipping within the US, Canada, the UK and select countries in the EU and Australia. To kind of transfer into the second part of our show where we focus more on the teams outside of this, how do you how do you view Visma's offseason so far? I think they've brought in some really big talents like Matteo Jorgensen would obviously be the biggest name. But behind him, they have a lot of like young, particularly Norwegian riders, and then a, mm-hmm. like a big Dutch young star. Like, do you think they've kind of upgraded over the offseason, even though technically they lose? I have a formula where I take all the pro cycling stats points from the previous year, add them together, and then you get a rating of a team that like either loses or gains pro cycling stats points going into the next year. They've lost points, but it's really because they've brought on young riders who haven't been able to gain yeah. them yet and gotten rid of older riders. Second year, they've done this. Second offseason, they've done this in a row. I think it's been a pretty good offseason for them. I think they're stronger. I, th- I mean, obviously, listen, you, you can't replace Roglic, right? Roglic is one of the top three riders in the world, you know, top three, top four riders. So it, it's logical they're going to lose a lot of points. Um, but uh, I think they've seen that Primos was at his maximum. Uh, I think that's logical. And um, and yeah, I mean, I, I think they did a great job with, you know, with, with Jorgensen, with uh, Ben Toulet, um, with, of course, now with Eutebrooks, that, that's a game changer, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think they did a really good job. And it, it's and it, you know what? It's not that difficult for uh, at this point for Richard Plugger to to get good riders because everybody wants to go to Jumbo Visma. Everybody wants to go there. So you're in a position that riders actually will come for less money. That's what I heard Ian Boswell said that on the cycling podcast that yeah, guys sure. go there for less money than they could make at Ineos, for example. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, and I mean, they're yeah, credit to credit credit to them, you know, credit to them to, to you know they've built up a program that now, you know, they're they're the popular guys, and everybody wants to be part of that gang. Yeah, and it's you know it's it's kind of ruthless, I guess would be would be one way to put it, but Luca's done a really good job of he just loses these kind of stalwarts of the team like think of primos roglic and tom dumlon you would have said three years ago those are the two most important riders on that team um like in 2020 when they were at the tour it was wow primos tom dumlon two of those three are gone and you would argue they're stronger than they were in 2020 because every year they just reload with these super talented like this guy herstren hongas hagas the norwegian and then bart lemon stone emitted 
And <laughs> that's exactly what I said. And <laughs> no, no, but, but no, Hans, uh, uh, what's his name? Bertrand Hagenes. And yeah, that's and one, have... one Norwegian. And then the other one is Stone Emitted, no? The... Yeah. And they're both yeah. like, I mean, the fact that they went, they're both really talented, 20 years old. Well, I think Johannes is 21. But the fact that they went to Visma over their own hometown team, Uno X, who I'm sure is paying, because they only hire Norwegian and Danish riders. Can you imagine the premium you can charge as a Norwegian and Danish rider on a yeah. team that only hires Norwegian and Danish riders? And then they mm -hmm. went to Visma over those over that team. It speaks to how well the ship is run there. And then kind of the opposite of that, Ineos, who I apparently, I think you said this, you started this rumor that they cut their budget going into this year. So while they maybe have the biggest budget in the sport, it is down a little bit. But this is the second offseason where they've ranked like the the bottom team in pro cycling stats points in in out ratio. Mm -hmm. What is going on there? And they lose their GM Rod Ellingworth. They did kind well, of quietly hire a new one, John Allert, last mm -hmm. week. But that seems to be not a great situation. There's, you know, I don't, I don't know. I think uh, we, I mean, we don't really know what's going on. Um, I've heard rumors that Sir Jim Ratcliffe has taken a very close look at the ins and outs of the team uh, that he was unhappy with certain things. And then, you know, I don't know if Relling, uh, Ellingworth resigned or if he was fired. I don't know that. I did see that uh, Steve Cummings got promoted to be the, 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 the director of racing. Yeah. Which uh, I think that's, that's pretty good. You know, he's a guy who, uh, who has a lot of knowledge and, and, and in my opinion is, is a really good uh, um, people's manager. Um, so, you know, there's stuff that that needs to happen there uh it's it's kind of strange to see that they went from being the number one team and 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 being the popular team three four five years ago and now all of a sudden they have difficulties even with money to get to get uh good guys on board uh they do have yeah. this you know uh let's not let's not talk all negative about them this young american talent uh what's his name uh his aj name aj august andrew august, august i think is how he's list, listed august, august like august august okay. like the month yeah yeah super talent i mean yeah. your your uh associate axel merck said he i think the quote was like rimco but stronger so yeah. pretty high praise yeah well i've seen i i think was it last year or two years ago um i've seen him win a cyclocross on the Koppenberg as a junior, I think first year junior, a Koppenberg, the Koppenberg cyclocross is super difficult. You know, one of the hardest cyclocross races in Belgium. Uh, he won that. Um, and that's the first time I heard that name. I said, wow, you know, and since then, um, I think he was still, he was still 16 years old then. Uh, he was part of the uh, USA cycling cyclocross program that, you know, they went over to Belgium like for two or three months. Um, but in the meantime, has developed to apparently uh, a super, super powerful rider. And uh, well, you know, if if Axel is right, and you know his track record with his team uh, speaks for itself, I guess. You know, I think there's more than forty riders of of his team went to the the World Tour in the last uh, ten years. Um, that's that that must be a really good a good guy, good, good big talent. So. Uh, well, it'll be interesting to 
to follow him him and see what he's what he's able to do. Uh, I believe he's from the same town as Magnus Sheffield, who's another young talent on mm-hmm. the same team on Ineos. So they clearly have a pipeline from upstate New York to that team. It's the rest of the world I'm concerned about. Like their their highest profile signing is Tobias Foss. Good rider. I mean, won a world championship in a time trial, what, last year, two years ago, whatever, however we count years. But is is Visma even going to notice he's gone? Well, I've heard, you know, that's that's an interesting sign. I think actually Tobias Foss is a good signing for for Ineos because it's it's a guy, he's first of all, very ambitious himself. You know, he's, uh, I read an interview, he said, you know, he's, he's, he's not, he's not, uh, he's not afraid to be a helper, but he needs to have his own ambitions too. So I think on, on, on Jumbo Visma, that was becoming a bit of a problem. Uh, and I think it went wrong, uh, very early in the season already with, with Jumbo Visma and Tobias Foss, and it didn't race that much, uh, in, in 2023. So I think no. personally that he can revive his career at Ineos. A strong rider, really strong rider. Um, but, you know, the head must be okay also. And uh, apparently he felt like there was some stressful situations and some friction within, within Jumbo Visma. So um, so I think that's, that's, that's a good signing. Now, I've been surprised to see certain other riders leave. For example, Luke Plapp uh very big talent um was still on a contract if i'm not mistaken yeah, i and, think so and leaves uh to uh jaco to his his home home country team so that was a big surprise for me and he the thing that why that's significant to me is he was aj august two years ago three years ago maybe he was this like, wow, this guy's a superstar, so strong at 19 coming in. And then, I mean, he wasn't bad. He just, I felt like he never found a role, it just never mm-hmm. clicked with the bigger picture of the team. And then now he's gone two years yeah. later to Jayco, which if what come to me five years ago and say someone just left Ineos mid-contract to go to Jayco, I wouldn't believe you. It would be, imp- mm-hmm. it would be impossible to believe. Mm-hmm. Not a great sign. And another another bad sign. I, I hope this isn't too negative, but like Pavel Sivakov, like you want to talk about talented young riders, like he's gone, you know, after not really accomplishing probably everything he wanted to with that team. Same thing with Teo Gegenhart. Like they're getting good young riders. It's just then developing and retaining them. Like Teo Gegenhart, they developed into a Grand Tour winner and then lose them. You know, that's... Yeah. And, you know, Steve Cummings, like the guy, I have so much respect for him as a director of racing. That's a great job for him. Like he knows racing so well. Do you think, are they not kind of getting the propeller heads that they got in previous years? Like think of Tim Carrison, just like ultimate nerd cycling training guru. Like, is that the type of maybe like intellectual talent they're not getting and and Visma is getting? I mean, they have, Visma has such an impressive staff of people just crunching numbers all the time. Like I kind of wonder if that core of Ineos has kind of gone. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Actually, I don't know. Um, what's clear is it's very, to me, it's very clear that the moment Dave Brailsford has stepped back and has been more in charge of other sporting projects of Radcliffe, things have changed at, yeah. at Ineos. 
Uh, he's uh, not coming back anytime. If you watched Manchester United this weekend, that he's got a big project on his hands. Like he's not going to have any time to spend you know, on cycling. No, I think I think you know, and also, you know, Brailsford has gotten the maximum of success in you know uh, until three four years ago. Uh, you know, I think it's a bigger challenge also to 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 have a new project or, or different projects for him. Uh, and also, if he's if he's in football, uh, yeah, the money in football is not the same as in cycling. It's com- it's a completely different game, you know. So he's obviously going to make more money there. Yeah, it is also. There's more money. It is very difficult. I mean, you see people just get chewed up. This is not a football podcast. People get chewed up in that sport, particularly people in Dave Brailsford's position um, running the clubs. I wish him the be- the most luck um, possible, but. Another team I want to touch on, UAE, really quiet offseason, really quiet. Like, how often are you thinking about UAE this offseason? I think this, this has been a big offseason for them in terms of maybe coming back stronger at the tour this year. And not surprising, Visma, Yumbo Visma, whatever we call them now, but giving them a run for their money in terms of team, team strength. They get Pavel Sivakov, really talented rider, really strong rider from Ineos, Niels Pollitt maybe the biggest physically the biggest rider in the peloton the guy is massive but like that in my opinion that's the type of guy tade has been missing those two guys i mean listen if you have sivakov and Niels pollet next to you in the tour man that's a strong on the, flat sta- on the on the flat or middle mountain stages that's like the, you catch no wind with between behind those two guys <laughs> that's like yeah. huge two huge bodyguards for uh for Pogaccio. I do think though that UAE, you know, they did a really good job in that, you know, it's it's not been spoken about a lot, but they let's not forget they did set up their development team, UAE Generation Z. Uh so a new team, uh development team with young talent. Um, so I think that's obviously uh, you know, it's it's a big job also to 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 start that up. I, I know because one of the cyclists uh, of the club where my son races, uh, Junior, has signed for that team as an 18-year-old. Uh, he won the the Spanish Cup uh, in 2023 and he got a contract there at 18 years old. So um, I think they spend a lot of uh, effort and energy and resources into setting up that development team, which, uh, which is obviously the way to go. And they... They lose, you would say, strong riders like Matteo Trenton, Davide Formolo, Pascal Ackerman, George Bennett. Ah, but if you really just think about it as in terms of how do we win the Tour de France and you work backwards from that, those guys are not, it just never seemed like crucial. they were on the They're same program. Yeah. So yeah. They've, they've gotten rid of guys who can win in their own right, but maybe aren't crucial as you'd say to the tour and then add a guys that can really help them. And then another team, if we're just thinking of the biggest, biggest stars in the sport, who's around them, Sudal Quickstep still has Remco Evenepoel, did not go to, to Enios as, as was reported by a few outlets as uh, maybe a guarantee would happen. But on paper, they've had the second worst off season in the, in the world tour, lost more points than they've brought in by a large margin. Well, but but, another but you know one can, of these. You can you can say whatever you want about that team. You know, they also say, you know, oh, you know, they're not the same anymore. They they win less races, and if you look at the the final ranking of the teams, who's in third? 
Sudar Quickstep, third best team in the world. You know, it's not bad for having to, to have a bad season. And, well, and they, I, they, it wasn't even a terrible. Yeah, it's not a bad season, and they lose good riders like we Andrea Andrea Bagioli, Mario Schmidt, Fabio Jakobsen, Remy Cavagna, Ethan Vernon, Florian Sinichel, Davide Ballerina. You wouldn't want to lose those riders all things being equal, but they bring in what I think is key, Mikael Landa. And I know a lot of people disagree with me on this because have we ever seen Mikael Landa really perform great work in the mountains? I guess back in his sky days, maybe, but I think that's big for Rimco, right? For the team to bring in, he is good. Whatever you think about Mikael Landa, he is very good. He might not have panned out like we thought he would, He's an elite climber, like on the hardest days. To have, for Remco to have oh, someone he did like an amazing. He did, he did a great Vuelta. Didn't he finish fourth in the Vuelta or fifth in the Vuelta? I think he almost got fourth. He did get fifth, but okay. I think he beat our golden boy, Uta Brooks. You know, like he's really yeah. good. And it, yeah. I think he was. Well, I, think the, I think the question, I mean, the question that Sudok Wickstep is, is the following. Um, you know, and, and I, I think a lot has changed with this potential merger takeover and you know then finally it didn't didn't go through and then it was basically okay let's get together whatever's left right uh the question i'm asking myself is where will remco even the pool race after next year that's the big question probably not and, and something tells me that it's not going to be so quick step even if he has a contract and it, I mean, I don't want to put words in people's mouths, but it sounds like the team owner doesn't want to pay him that. To, it wouldn't be maybe that upset if he left because he's been pretty vocal about wanting to decrease the payroll. What's the best way to do that? Get rid of Remco. Who's going to, if he has a good year this year, he's going to get, he's going to make a lot of money in 2025. Well, he already year. makes a lot of money now. Right? That's not, you know, he's, he's paid very well. You know? But if uh, he, let's say he won the, I mean, let's say he won the tour this year. I mean, he he would be paid more than Tade Pogacar, don't you think, because of he's Belgian? Um, I mean, you know, if he wins the tour, then he's gonna get up there, you know, in the in that five six million range. But you know, he made four million last year, so it's not that it's it's, it's not that bad. Yeah, he would probably argue he made four, his base is lower than most. Yeah, okay, bonuses but with bonuses included. In. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then another guy they get Luke. Lamperti, you you'll, you should talk about him on the upper up and comer show. Really, really talented young American. Um, I I think he could come in and probably contribute immediately. He's that good. And then Johnny Moscon's another weird one. Um, mm -hmm. I frankly forgot he was a professional writer last year. He was terrible. But I think you said this off. You said this in a private conversation that Quickstep is so good at rehabbing guys like that. He's still talented. Like, do you remember he almost won Perry Roubaix not that long ago? That was two mm -hmm. or three years ago. Two years ago. Two yeah, years if ago. they can rehab that guy, I mean, he could be a major asset for the team. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's see. You know, let's see. Um, listen, if if Lefebvre has signed him, it's because there's something there that, you know, he and his team think that they can revive. And uh he's a strong rider. If his if his head is okay and he can keep his hands on his handlebars, then um he will be okay. And then just one thing I wanted to touch on before we go this, it, it's so long ago, everyone's forgot about it, but this Caleb Ewan lotto destiny to Jayco transfer. Can you explain this? Yeah. Bro, he was mid contract. I mean, same, it was a weird a bit situation. Of the, same, the same thing. Unhappy team. It's not, it's not an unhappy, but obviously an unhappy, uh, unhappy rider, but more an unhappy team with a rider. 
who has a contract. So, so here in this case, probably what happened is that, and on top of that, the, the, the general manager, uh, Stefan Hulot, manifested uh, very, very uh, vocally uh, his unhappiness during the tour. Uh, from that moment on, I think it was clear that there was no place for Caleb Ewan, and Caleb Ewan said, you know, it was in the same situation as Bora, you know, well, I have a contract, so I'm going to finish my contract. <laughs> Reportedly, a 2 million euro contract, yeah, it's yeah, not a small contract. contract. So uh, what happened here is very, very, very simple. They, you know, they told uh, Caleb Ewan, okay, look for a team, uh, see what they can pay you, and uh, we'll pay the difference. And uh, so it's very possible that Caleb Ewan is, I mean, he's most likely going to make 2 million again next year and whatever Jayco Alulo is paying, if they pay 1.2, well, Lotto will pay 800,000. It's still a net of 1.2 million for Lotto, not having Caleb Ewan on the team. So um, they save money and uh, they have, their, they get rid of a rider that they were not happy with. And the, I guess the plus for Jaco would be they bring on a really high-profile Australian rider, which is important for them as, as an yeah. Australian team. And maybe he turns things around and you have a two two stages of the tour for, I don't know, let's say 1.3 million euros. Let's just say they're paying them that. Not terrible. They've kind of had an interesting offseason. They brought on Mike Maroschmid, Kiel Buen, Luke Plapp. Um, you wouldn't, I mean, Luke Platt, maybe not, but maybe some distressed assets who are very talented riders that they think they could turn around. Um, I think that's a, I kind of like their off season a, a lot. They don't have the financial muscle to really compete one-to-one -one with the big team. So that they have to get creative. Johan, do you have anything else you want to share before we go? Well, I'm sure we're forgetting uh, some, some interesting transfers, but uh I think we've covered, you know, the the actual hot topic, you know, of the moment is obviously Kian Uyterbrooks, and um, yeah, everybody else. Um, I think we've 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 covered most of it, so that's it for me. Just so people say we didn't forget him, Little Trek, great off season, signed Teo Gegenhart. That's great. So just signed probably the most talented young rider in the world, Albert Phillipson. So they, they've had a great off season, but they got most of their signings done very early. So there's mm -hmm. less to talk about now. Other than that, I can't think of anything big that we're missing, but I'm sure we are. But thanks for joining us today, Johan. And I'm sure we'll be back soon to talk about how this gets cleared up with, with uh, Udo Brooks and Bisma and Bora. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Spencer. All right. Thanks. And, and we'll talk to everyone later.